Good morning, everyone. So it's Parshas for A this week, and we are benching Rosh Chodesh Elul, which was a time in Europe that um, sort of was a was a call, was a heralding of a special time for Klai Yisrael. It's hard to uh, see if we can recreate that drama here in the United States. Um, at this particular time in the year 2020, but certainly at least to, a, to the extent that we can, keep in mind and keep a focus of the fact that this is, uh, it's a dramatic time. It's a critical time. Uh, Chodesh Elul is a time of a unique relationship between us and our Chodesh Baruch Hu. It's a time of unique love, of connection. And certainly if we can capitalize on that, because it, it is in the air, there is something special. Uh, about Elul, and if we can tap into it and harness it, it can certainly uh, allow us to approach the Yom Nerayim, which are clearly not uh, that far away, with the proper uh, seriousness, with the proper focus, with the proper commitment and direction. And there's a Pasuk in this week's Parsha that certainly highlights that, that maybe is sort of the perfect Pasuk for Rosh Chodesh Elul. And the per, per, perfect pasuk to remind us, as we say those words, of how we have to feel. We say the gedolim would literally tremble when they were hear the words Rosh Chodesh El Yibayom, and they would hear those words uh, on Shabbos when the Chazan would say it. The, the stories about the Chavetz Chaim would literally he saw his body shaking. That's how much of an impact El meant to him and many other gedolim throughout history. Uh, but we have to do what we can. I don't think we can we can shake and we can tremble, but we can certainly uh, do what we can. And the pasuk that I'm referring to is a pasuk uh, the beginning of Ravi. You are Hakadosh Baruch Hu's children. You are children to Hashem, your God. And also, as a result, uh, at least the way many people learn, the pasuk continues: "Go to do when you are mourning." that somebody passed away in your family, do not react the way the Goyim react, the way the Gentiles of that time reacted by making physical markings in your body. No, you can't do that. Uh, it's a law of the Torah. The, the Pesach continues, the Pesach bays, Ki am Hashem because you are a holy nation. who chose you, to be his treasured nation, from all of the other nations of the world, of the world, that exist on the face of the planet. Incredible words, uplifting words, words that clearly reflect, you know, we are again in the Shiva Dinachemta, we are in the seven weeks of the, of the consolation with the Nevi'im. We read in the Haftarahs every week, the Nevi'im are, and Yeshayo in particular was telling the Jewish people that yes, you are going to go through an unbelievably challenging, difficult, uh, catastrophic time. But understand that there will be a gula, and there will be a closest HaKadosh Baruch Hu at one time, eventually at, to the height of, of, of what can exist in terms of the glory of Hashem, but even throughout the Golas, Yishayo reminds us that you'll never be forsaken. Whether and the Mepharsha explain uh, that there's a reference to do two different types of attacks by the Goyim that, that take place throughout the exile. 
One attack is a physical attack that we're quite familiar with, that we've unfortunately experienced way too, way too often. The physical attack of the enemy that Kosh Baruch Hu says, as much as people will write you off, no, it's not going to happen. I'm going to stay with you. I'll be with you and you will survive all of the attacks. They will be relegated to the museums. They will be spoken about uh, in the history classes, but you'll be thriving. You will, be, you will somehow persevere through it all. And there's another type of attack, says the uh, Navi, and say, explain the commentaries, and that's the intellectual attack. The attack of Judaism, it's old-fashioned, it's uh, archaic, it's, it's outdated, come on, get real with the times. This is certainly a very strong argument in the 1800s, early 1900s, how many Jews who didn't have the, the, the knowledge and the sense of, of clarity of what the Torah was about and the intellectual foundations of the Torah's truth. If you, and you don't, if, you, if a person's not aware of the underpinnings of the truth, these are unfortunate arguments, alluring arguments, socialism, communism, all types of isms that, that attracted people that were not rooted in Torah. Very often, and the antithesis of Torah. And Akash Baruch Hu says, while you will be exposed to those types of, of allures as well, I will be with you. You are my children, as the Pasuk here tells us, and therefore I will never let you go. And isn't it amazing that in a time where there is such an ability, you'd think, of the secular world, the technology world, to suck people in. I'm not saying it's, it's, uh, it's easy. It's certainly not easy. But isn't it amazing how in the last 50, 75 years, how Kodesh Baruch Hu has equipped Klai Yisrael with so much more information, so much more scientific information, so much more unbelievably inspiring messages from the Torah to prove whether it's through the science, through the DNA, through the analysis of the, of, of the solar systems, of the ever-expanding universe, so many elements that we could, did not know prior, that now if a person is truly wants to be girded with the intellectual foundations of knowing how to respond to, to attacks of Torah, <laughs> you want to talk science? Let's, let's talk science. When you talk to religious people who truly know science, who are truly scientists of the highest levels, they will, and Baruch Hashem, we've had some that have graduated who are incredible, incredibly brilliant people. And they say, the more you know science, the more you understand what's going on in the, in the world of, of, of whether it be the molecular structure, just the, uh, the, the, the physiology of a human being, the, the, the laws of nature, what's going on in the, in the universe, the more you know, the more you're convinced. Where even though you'd think that now, oh my gosh, religion can't stand up to the, to the tests of time now. Look at what the world knows. Look how much, the more the world knows, the more we're able to attract people who truly do see the truth of Torah, who do see the truth of HaKadosh Baruch running the world. So the Ibanam HaTem HaShem Lakechem, based on the words of the Navi, really take on a, such a profound message as we are reeling in Golis and we are still struggling and waiting for that Geula. We, we are reminded by the Navi that it's, it's not just a personal recognition of how special we are, each and every one of us, but as a, as a people, we are living testimony to the fact that Baruch Hu will always give us the tools for success. The miraculous tools of surviving physical attacks that one can ever imagine. The fact that how many times have we said it, we've repeated it so often, but it's so important to remember Yaakov Emden's incredible words, Chei Nafshi, says, Chei Nafshi, I, I swear on my life that the greatest miracle of all human history is Jewish survival. That's the greatest miracle, greater than Kriyas Yamsov, greater, greater than all of the miracles that took place in, uh, throughout Mitzrayim and the desert and beyond. Nothing compares to Jewish survival. You are God's children. I will never forsake you. And that's the, the under 
underpinning and the, the underlying element of the Nechama that we received during seven weeks of the Haftorahs that we read from Yeshayo is, is this message of, you think because things get rough, somehow I leave you? No, you're, you're my child. A relationship between a parent and a child can never be severed. There's no, there's no divorce by a, by a, father, a father and a son, a mother and a daughter. There's no, you can't get divorced. There's, you are who you are. You are indelibly, permanently etched into my DNA because you're part of me. Akash Baruch says, you are part of my essence. Kam Kadosh. I represent Kadusha. You're the holy nation. We will, never, we will never be severed in that regard. There might be some rough times, but you'll, we'll never be severed. And if we remember this, this is such an empowering pasuk. Because again, as we know, we are going through tough times and the, this COVID is still, uh, you know, it's Hashem, getting better. The sense is that it's, it's, it's moving away, but we don't know. And we pray Takash Baruch Hu, that that Takash should be the MS, that, that should be the way it, it, it is. But uh, we certainly have been greatly impacted. And when you're a young person, and you're a teenager, or you're an adult, or you're, you're a child, and, and you're some, how do we give tools to ourselves and to the people that we love to be able to give them the sense of, of how special we are and therefore how beneath us it would be to do anything that would besmirch on us and somehow sully our, our incredible souls. That really, that really needs to be the most powerful argument for us not being uh, forgetful of, of our great dignity and our great nobility, not to be sucked into a world and allures that clearly are beneath what a Jewish individual should, should expose themselves to and be part of. This message has to be at the forefront. And that's what Rashi says. And this is both a physical message and a spiritual message. If, if we understood, he says, therefore, go to the Rashi. He says, therefore, how do you cut your body? And how do you express this type of expression of mourning, even though it's done by the, by the secular world? You can't follow the secular world. Rashi says, how in the world can you cut yourself when you're You are fit to be beautiful, to be, to, to, to be at the highest standard. There's a beauty to who you are. Even in the physical realm, we're talking about a physical manifestation of not cutting your, your, your body to, rep, to represent the sense of, uh, of shock and mourning. The, the representation of nobility, of who we are as a Kodesh Baruch Hu's children, needs to be thought of also from a physical sense. How we dress, I know it's so hard. People talk about the girls, certainly they, uh, they're so drawn and it's, not, it's understandable. The Torah talks so much about how we're drawn to the, to the mores and the standards of the, of the outside world. And you go to a mall and you go to, you see how everybody's walking around, how everybody's dressed and it's so hard to, to say, I need to be different. And yes, it's hard. It's hard, but this seems to be the most powerful message of them all. Yes, you can talk about laws of tzniyas. Absolutely, there are laws of tzniyas. And yes, there are, there are punishments and there are halachically, uh, halachic implications for not following the laws of tzniyas. Absolutely. But the most powerful argument, the one that really, I think, resonates and should resonate in the most powerful way in the hearts of, of uh, Jewish girls and tzniyas applies to, to men, boys as well. But certainly in terms of you know, championing that cause and being the representative of this Am Kadosh in terms of Tzniyus, of, of, it certainly is the, is the crown that belonged to the Jewish women. 
ones who stood for the ultimate uh, pinnacle of, of modesty and, and uh, nobility and humility. And therefore, it's one of my ten. He said, how could you? How, how, do you, how could you just follow the, the rest of the world? You're not the rest of the world. Don't you understand how special you are? Don't you understand how the way you dress and the way you appear and what you do and how you look? These are all messages of being the noble nation that belongs to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And if for the, we can't look to the outside world. We can't look at the, I, I joke with the, with the students all the time that, you know, how amazing it is that uh, some rapper decides to cut a jean in a certain place and uh, you, you buy ripped up jeans. It looks like they spent, uh, uh, you know, two weeks on the sand and in the, the ocean and all getting all muddy and dirty and filthy, but some rapper cut it. So that's it. You want to charge an extra hundred dollars, two hundred dollars for the jeans? I'm there. I'm buying crazy sneakers for $400, $500 because some guy who knows how to hit an outside shot and is a superstar in the NBA, I'm going to pay because, you know, he put, he put his, uh, his uh, signature to the shoe. I mean, we're just, we're in a world where, yes, the outside world just runs after foolishness. Well, that, that's worth an extra $200 because your jeans are cut off. I wouldn't pay for cut-off jeans. You want, a, you, you want a pair of pants that are whole? What are you, what are you buying cut-off jeans for? Just, there's no sechel. So, but you know what? That's, that's the world. The world follows. You just follow blindly. Not us. We don't follow blindly. That's not who we are. What am I telling Hashem? Before we do anything, both, even from a physical point of view, what are you doing? Who, who are you following? What's the basis for how you're looking the way you look? Just want to make fashion statements? We want to sort of let the world know that we're in with the, uh, with, with the latest crowd? I'm not saying it's easy. It's definitely not easy because the Torah says again and again and again, it'll suck you in. Be careful. Don't fall into the, into the allures of the outside world that will say this, this is a custom, this is the way to do it, and this is cool, and this is in. We're not about being cool. We're not about being in. We are in a special categorization. The, we're the ultimate in. With the Amkadosh, is there a better in than that? We're God's children. I mean, there's no more elite group in the world than being God's children. And that needs to be the banner that we wear. That needs to be the motivating force. It's true. It's true from a physical point of view. It's true from a spiritual point of view. It's true from an emotional point of view. The Sephora has a different take on, on this Pasuk and talks about uh, not so much the physical uh, attack on your body that needs to be avoided because you represent nobility, you represent royalty, but even emotionally. You just lost a father, you just lost a mother, and you want to express grief because after all, these are our, these are our parents. They raised us and they did so much for us. And yes, there, there are laws of Kibbut Aim in the Torah that certainly mandate this unbelievable connection, appreciation to our parents. You're overdoing it. You're overdoing the grief. What's going on here? You, you, can't, you can't keep it in perspective. And you want to cut yourself to express the ultimate grief because now what? You're, you can't go on because your, your, your father has passed away because your mother has passed away. It is unbelievably sad that a mother or father passed away. Yes. The Torah is telling us, your father's still around. You lost your biological father and it's devastating. And therefore, yes, can you cry? Absolutely. Can you, do, must you sit shiva? Are there laws of, of mourning? Absolutely. But unabated, uh, unabashed grief that, that sort of just defies any sense of perspective of who you are, the Sephora and other Rishonim say, no, not appropriate. 
you have somebody who loves you more than your father did or your mother did in this world, who's still here. And you're not left an orphan. You're not alone. In fact, what do we say now? Incredible words. My father and my, and my father and my mother have forsaken me. If we have total clarity about what this world's about, of course it's devastating. Of course, when, and the, the laws of Avelis are, 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 are deep and they're, and they're expansive and they cover a whole year for a father and a mother. But what's this go to do? You have a, what's this over, over uh, uh, expression? No, it's not appropriate. You have a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a living God who's part of your life, who loves you. Yes, it's hard to say, but if we, if we understood it, it'd be, it'd be simple to us because a, a human being's love is limited. At the end of the day, it has limitations, it has qualifications, and it's human. Love that's sublime, love that's boundless, love that has no uh, boundaries and guidelines, Kodesh Baruch Hu's love, God's love for us, it, it, it dwarfs anything in, in comparison. That's how we have to feel. That's how we have to look at the world. And finally, if we remember this, I mean, this again, it's such a powerful tool in terms of the inner relationship. How do, how do I expose myself to, to this type of negativity in the, uh, in the world of, of technology or all the other possible things that we can get into nowadays, especially nowadays when there's more free time and, there's, and uh, you know, COVID has not gone away. And when, even, when, even when COVID wasn't here, it's challenging, but certainly, especially now, how much more challenging it's been to remember the nobility that we have inherent within us. to but we have to. We have to use this as the most powerful tool. If we knew who we were, if we knew how special we were, if we, if we, if we knew how noble we, we were, if we really internalize these words, we are God's children. God has a special family in this world. He has other relatives. He has the secular world, the Gentiles of the world. He, he loves all of humanity. They're all created with a special godliness within them. But we, it's not like the Jewish people. It sounds a little self-serving, but it's not, we're not saying it. it HaKadosh Baruch Hu said it. The Torah said it. So, Ki am Kodesh Atal Hashem Alekecha. These are words, yeah, they, they come with responsibility. It's not just all easy and it comes with, with responsibility, but how uplifting is it? And that's why when you think about it, right before we get to V, uh, some sukkim before, it's almost out of character, the Torah says about a person who brings other people away from Torah. If you're a Mesis and if you used your powers of persuasion to move people away from Torah, have them worship Avodah have them run away from religion, do, do completely outlandish things. Well, normally there's a directive to try to find a, a reason not to give the death penalty. How unique that this is the one situation where this person, we know that was very rare in Jewish history, but the, the, this is a death penalty that you don't look to get out of it. The lachis are the exact opposite. That once a person's guilty, he's guilty. And you don't go out of your way to try to find uh, sort of, you know, uh, exceptions or loopholes to get this person out of the punishment that's coming to, to him or to her. And it's interesting because why, why is this so bad? And when, again, when you look at it from this perspective, here, I'm telling you, you're my children. And here, not only do you not understand who you are, but you want to move Jews away from that? 
You want to get people away from religion, away from relationship with me? You're, you're, you're stealing my child. What, what would be the worst punishment that a parent would ever give to somebody if they were in charge of punishments in the world? What, where would, what would be the worst punishment they would give? For what kind of offense? Offense personally to them? No. I mean, you know, you can say I'm mocha, but you infected my child? You pulled my child away from me? You took my child away and you, you severed them from their family and from their relationships here to, this, to, to, to who loves them so much? How dare you? That would be where the worst punishment is. That would be the, the example of where Kodesh Baruch says, I know, I'm not going to look to cut you some slack. I'm sorry, not when you did this. Not when you pulled people away from their family. When you, when you caused people to forget, forget who, their, who their father in Shemayim is. If you take a look at the flip side of that concept, if it's the worst thing in the world to pull somebody away from Torah, away from Judaism, away from the relationship with Hashem, if there's no worse Avera, and there's no greater mitzvah than bringing somebody closer. And we know the power of good dwarfs the power of negativity. The power of punishment is complete, cannot compare, compared to the power of reward. So if a person wants to do something significant, something that during a time where Elul is right around the corner, what can we do to show HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we recognize that we understand how special we are, how unique we are, and how close we want to be to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? It's to reach out. The people in the world of Kirov, you don't have to be a Kirov professional to be in the world of Kirov. Inviting somebody to the Shabbos table, giving them that smile, giving them that feeling that, wow, Jews are nice, Jews are special. Look at that, the way they, they talk to me, the way they relate to me. How many Gedolim do we know that stories about when Gedolim passed away, you, you notice all these Gentiles showing up at the funeral. What are they doing here? Nurses would come, the person was in the hospital for a few days. And what are they doing here? People from the street, well, that rabbi, that Rebbitzin, the special relationship, the way she said good morning, the way, he, the way he appreciated and said thank you in the hospital to the nurses, I had to come. I, was, I knew I was around somebody special. And the impact that that person had on me is so profound. This is what you hear again and again and again. And you don't have to be a God of Israel. You don't have to be the great Rebbitzin of the generation to be able to be in that category. You want to know the greatest impact you can make? When you bring people closer to Torah, there's nothing more significant than Kodesh Baruch Hu. We see from the negative, the positive. And we can do that. And therefore, at a time, again, where we need to sort of charge ourselves up to recognize how we're going to deal with the challenges of the world, especially during an Elul, where now is a time, if we've made some mistakes, if there are things that we did we're not so proud of, if we're looking towards Rosh Hashanah, the Yom Adin, with a sense of trepidation, what can we do to, to sort of give ourselves an oomph for, for Yom Adin to make us feel, hey, I got a chance, we're good, we're, uh, Baruch Hu, I've, I've made some inroads? It's very clear. Recognize who we are. Recognize how great we are. Recognize how special we are. Live up to that expectation. Live up to that nobility. Don't fall into that trap of what the world represents and what the world wants to suck us into. And also recognize that it's not just me. My neighbors, the entire Jewish people, no matter how far a Jew is, we, it's that, that child is a child. And the person can have 15 children, but if there's one who's in trouble, that's the one that's going to take up all the thinking of that parent. What do I do to bring number 15 back? Because that number 15 is, is moving away. And what do, what do I do? And the 14 you, you think about and you love them, but most of the thinking takes care is about the 15th child because that's the one who needs my focus and my attention and my love. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu cares about every one of us. And if we see a Jew who's somewhat distant, somewhat forlorn, so, in need of, of that support, that love, that connection, and we give it to them, we can say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Bez Hashem, wow, look, look what I've done. I don't, I'm not asking for big accolades, but I've, I've made strides. I recognize who I am and I recognize what's important to you and I'm moving in your direction and I'm bringing others into that mold as well and into that uh, mindset as well. So it, it is a great formula for success. It's a great formula for, for being able to, to deal with the, the Eight Sahara, to deal with the traps of what's out there for us during this incredibly challenging time. And if we can fill that mandate, if we can recognize and remember, both from the physical point of view of, of, of how we appear, from the spiritual point of view of, of, of connecting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, knowing that we have a father in heaven who more than our mother, more than our father loves us unconditionally and eternally to a level that we can't even comprehend. We can recognize because you are a holy nation HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yom Adin talks about the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hashem, we can hope, look forward to, by the time Yom Adin hits, it'll be ultimately the, the, the day where the full glory appears in the world. It'll be by Yom Uhu, Yia Hashem HaKadosh Mo'echad Bez Hashem, Mizoch, only Simchas, Anachas, and Bias HaMashiach may remain. Have a good Shabbos.